0: Podcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Tag Digital Squadcast with me, Steph, Marketing Manager at Tag Digital. And today I'm joined by Laura, CEO of Tag Digital. We're going to be chatting today all about business, entre- entrepreneurship, tongue twister, and women in tech. We've got the International Women's Day on 8th of March. So wanted to chat to Laura a bit about her story and about tag story and some key takeaways for, for you guys. So, hi Laura, how are you? Good morning, I'm great. Good, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be on the pod. So this morning we obviously have to do a quick fire. Find out a bit more about you. Oh. Okay, they're easy ones today though. Okay. It's a Friday after all. Okay, are we ready? <laughs> they're not actually that exciting to be honest today, but anyway. Okay, the one that I've actually been asking people regularly, but it's an important one. Sweet or savoury?
0: Savoury. Yeah. 100%. We
1: actually have a lot of savoury people in here.
0: Yeah. Give me a crisp any day.
1: Oh, yeah. I could give <laughs> up chocolate, just not crisps. Okay. And that's probably why I get ulcers all the time, because I just love crisps. <laughs> um, okay. Winter or summer?
0: Summer. Yeah. Nice. Why? Oh, just colour and brightness and yeah. Good times. I agree.
1: Okay, fiction or non-fiction books?
0: Oh, that's harder for me. Uh, you've read that many books? I, during the week, I do non-fiction. The weekend, I do fiction. That's how, man. how many books do you reckon you've read? Oh, I don't know. I've got about eight on the go at the moment because <clears throat> I always tell people I love reading. People give me books, and now I can barely see uh, my bed because the bedside table is so covered in books and my Kindle. So, and you read them just? I well, have quite. The same time. I have like, if I'm in the mood for something, I'll read. One th- like I've got to be in the right mood for the book mm. and then I do audio books as well So, but I've got all these different different rules like if I'm driving to work out of this book if I'm running I've got this book it's quite a complex that's system. so good
1: actually it's really good running with something <laughs> listening to something
0: yeah you get lost in it and it kind of takes your mind off what you're actually doing so yeah um, yeah I don't know that was a rubbish quick fair answer wasn't it <laughs> no I, I'm quite interested to hear more about it so it's fine okay city or countryside
1: Oh,
0: I think I'm probably more country girl now. We're in Clare, so yeah, I think, I think I like the
1: peace. Yeah, it's a nice, nice part of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, comedy or drama?
0: Probably drama. I love a drama.
1: Me too, actually. I mean, I love The Office, but
0: yeah, I'm I do like a drama. comedy. But um, yeah, kind of, if I was going to watch something, it would probably be a drama. Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast.
1: Okay, so we'll start off today. If you could tell us a little bit about Tag Story, know it's an exciting story and kind of where you started off.
0: Yeah, for sure. So going back to two thousand and eleven, um, Craig had just left his kind of marketing job, um, and I was at a startup that was quickly running out of money, and we needed to figure out something to do. So we'd always kind of had this idea that we could start our own business um, and we thought this seemed like a good time to do it. We were pretty uh, naive maybe Uh, and didn't have huge amounts of risk. So we thought, okay, let's let's try it. We can always go and get a, a real job if it doesn't work. So we started our own little digital agency and our goal was to bring digital marketing and digital services to local businesses so we kind of I mean there wasn't like a massive plan I wouldn't say at the beginning it was more just okay can we get people to buy stuff that we make up and we did some websites and we did some logos and we did some SEO and we did some organic social media and we sold to like vets or dentists or anybody really in the kind of local area and it was like going out and knocking on doors and creating leaflets and really basic stuff but I guess those were the early days of learning how to acquire customers and how to sell and uh, yeah I remember my first sale was to a local art gallery and they bought my social media training package for £199 which I was Absolutely buzzing about. Like, I still remember it so clearly. I just couldn't believe it. And I was so happy. And then I went away and I bill out all my training materials and I went back and I did my training, like, uh, in this little art gallery. And, and you taught yourself at that point all yeah, the social media training? Yeah, I'd been working uh, at a startup before. So I had uh, knowledge. I'd been doing like everything communications. And at a startup, I think you get loads of really varied experience. So you, uh, get to do like social, email, I did events, I did press, like everything, you know, quite, I don't know what the quality was really like of my work at that stage. But anyway, I did it all and kind of figured it out myself. So I thought, I know I can do this. So I did the training uh, and then I'd build out little packages and then they'd maybe want a website. So we kind of kept going like that, me and Craig, uh, for a while. And then we got our first corporate client, um, which, was uh, UBM uh, which is now Informa and that was maybe I don't know when that was maybe 2014 or something Uh, we then moved to London and we got some more corporate clients and we started to get a bit better and we focused on a niche which was events and then the more that we focused the more intentional we got about the kind of clients that we went after And we started to just focus on paid media. We still were doing wee bits of organic and things like that, but it all started to be more about paid. Built this little niche and just kind of grew through word of mouth. And then we were kind of managing everything ourselves. And I mean, I think that is when you learn absolutely everything in a startup is you're doing the invoicing, you're doing the campaigns, you're doing the client management, you're doing the reporting, you're doing absolutely everything apart from like submitting your accounts really so we're doing all that ourselves and we maybe had the help of like the old freelancer here and there um and has been very busy yeah working it, all hours of the day yeah it was non-stop like you never you never really stop it just kind of keeps going but it was good fun and it was so it was great just to see the business kind of grow and and to be able to um sustain ourselves with this little business was was great Uh, So we did that for a few years, and then Alex was our first employee.
1: Producer Alex, for anyone. Producer
0: Alex. (laughs) um, What year was that now? 2015. Yeah, 2015. uh, Alex joined us from Bulgaria, and we were like, "Oh my goodness, an employee like." We just, we're like, say we can't pay them one day or like, you know, it's, it was just such That's a huge... That's a challenge res- in
1: itself because it's, when it's just you two to start with and yeah. then you
0: bring someone else on board. As soon as you bring someone else on board, there. Salary is more important than your own, so you need to be sure that you can sustain everyone. You never want to have to let people go, so we wanted to be absolutely sure. At that Uh, point,
1: it gets pretty serious. Yeah, it just
0: all changed, because before we'd be like, oh, okay, you know, we don't have enough money. It's just us that needs to kind of, like, get by or... Um, you know, we'll manage then you can't say to somebody "Oh, you just take 50% this week and like 50% in a couple of weeks and I'm sure we'll get there and I think I've got this other client coming in like it all kind of gets a little bit more grown up at that stage so um, yeah, so anyway, Alex joined us which was obviously one of the best decisions that we ever made uh, and is still with us today as CTO and then yeah, we started to uh, hire some more people and started to like, for me stopping doing the invoicing was real moment because like i would spend my nights doing all the invoicing and uh, then karen came on board and she started the invoicing so then i think it was starting to be like okay what am i actually good at and i like absolutely love sales and client relationships and account management i love all of that so uh, it was starting to do more of that and bringing in other people to do the jobs that they were good at and constantly trying to find people who are better than us and still looking um always at hiring in that way so yeah we started to build the team uh, and then we moved offices and really just started to scale the business internationalized uh, and yeah doing a lot more work in the Middle East we did that quite early on which I think was a good decision because our service is so kind of exportable uh, working in the Middle East and North America uh, and then kept growing and then I think it, the focus kind of changes from just the customers to more about the team and how the team are doing and um, all of that and making sure that there's frameworks in place and people can progress and it's a place that people want to work which were all things we had to learn as we go so yeah I, and then obviously we had the pandemic another kind of big moment in the the company uh, but which we survived and you know the team were so resilient through that time it was hard but um, yeah we all came out the other side so yeah that's got us to now
1: yeah it's a, <laughs> it's such an exciting story and it's kind of crazy that that's all happened since 2011 yeah like so much has happened and just to see where we are now it's something that you guys should be really proud of right so just building on that what would you say has been the biggest challenge you've touched upon a couple of things there when you're when you've been scaling the business and how did you overcome those
0: obstacles to achieve sustainable growth mm. I think probably there's challenges in in all of it, really. I think probably going back to the beginning uh, when we started the business, just having no experience in really any of it. Uh, you have to learn everything as you go and you've got no real frame of reference if you're doing it right. So you're just kind of hoping that it all sounds okay. But I think what I've learned is Everybody is making all of it up all of the time, like the governments are and the massive corporates are. So like And it's if you, fine. if
1: if you didn't didn't have <laughs> kind of a dreamer side of your brain, then you'd you'd never
0: take those risks and make yeah. the leap of faith. You just have to do it and I think probably you're you're at the beginning you're you know constantly second guessing yourself whereas over time you realize that yeah everyone everyone's making it up so you can just be totally comfortable in your making it up zone Um, but yeah I think there are new challenges all the time but probably the longer we've done the business challenges come up kind of reskinned as something else but it's the same challenge maybe around customer or a challenge someone's having on the team so I think yeah it's the same stuff and, and we're getting better. And
1: I suppose it's nice now that like we've grown the team to how many now? Almost yeah, we're 40, 42. And yeah. now it's kind of not only your responsibility, oh, yeah. and it's the team.
0: The team can work
1: together to get through all of those challenges.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's amazing and seeing people figuring stuff out themselves and getting to different resolutions and I think letting people figure stuff out themselves, you know, that's the only way that you really learn, so that's something that we try and do is is give people tools to figure it out, but then let them go do it and mistakes will happen, but that's just part of the process.
1: Yeah, and I think a big one for me, thinking of challenges, I know we don't like talking about COVID, but just to think it was so important during COVID to have such a strong team when you're working Remotely on your own at home, when that was something that we never did before, yeah. we worked so well as a team that it it really got us through, and we we made the most of that time. We didn't just sit wasting time; mm-hmm. we used that time yeah really wisely.
0: Yeah, I think we did a lot of things during COVID. Like, um, I mean, you know, we did every. All, we're talking about headstand challenges and cocktail making and dinner. Like, we tried. I found everything. those videos the other day. Oh, we should go back and look at it. But we tried to. Just keep the spirit of the team together because it was a really, really tough time, and you couldn't always tell how people were doing. Or so we'd be on like our weekly column, we're like, oh, someone doesn't look so good today. And uh, yeah, I think it was testament to the team that, that we were able to kind of get through that as one group. Um, but yeah, if, you know, from a business point of view, we had some really hairy moments during that.
1: And what lessons would you say you've learned from Tag's growth? And how, how do you keep the company's values and visions? in mind throughout the process?
0: Um, I think I've learned, yeah, anything is possible. Um, You know, I think we constantly limit ourselves and uh, we were talking earlier about the running and, you know, saying, oh, I don't think I'll get any faster. And then you're like, oh, I, I can get faster. Like who said you can't get faster? Like we constantly tell ourselves these stories of what we can't do. And then we prop it up with reasons that sound totally valid and totally believable. And then other people validate those things. But actually, if someone said, well, no, I think that's absolute nonsense. Of course you can go faster. You kind of need people to push you to do that. So I think just reminding ourselves all the time we can do whatever we want and stop finding excuses about why we can't. Uh, In terms of the mission and the values and uh, the culture, I think we start that all um, in terms of culture that maybe started out quite organic and then we became quite intentional about it and realised it's this kind of intangible thing that's probably the most important thing that the company does Uh, and the values we thought a lot about what we wanted to be and how we wanted ourselves to be and then we lived those values every day and we brought them to life because I think so often they just sit as something on the wall or Something that's quite generic, like, I don't know, integrity or something that's, you know, not that applicable. So it feels too general. Um, and I've heard other businesses say, oh, well, you know, when we do our senior teams one to one, we just kind of skip over that. But I'm thinking, well, if you do that with your senior team, then does that not just say to everyone else that it's not that important? So, yeah, I think just living it, bringing it, finding something that actually makes sense to you. Uh, and then our mission is something that is inspiring and keeps us... Kind of focus on something that's bigger than ourselves.
1: And I think you guys are really like when you're hiring people, the values are at the forefront of your mind. Which clearly, everyone who's on the team, I feel like they live and breathe the values in their day to day anyway, which is really
0: important. That aligns. Yeah, definitely. We use it in hiring, and also when it's not working out, if someone is ultimately exited from the business it's usually because there's a values disconnect we can train almost any skill um, but I think uh, using it in the hiring and then thinking about how does that person add something to our culture rather than oh they can do the job you know but maybe the culture fit isn't there because long term again you can train for anything but if the values aren't right it's never going to work out or it might be fine for six months and then somebody leaves, which, um, you know, isn't isn't good for us and isn't great for them. Squadcast. The Tag Digital Podcast.
1: So having a think now about mentorship, networking, in your experience, how important is that?
0: Yeah, I think I got to... Uh, any sort of kind of formal mentorship quite late maybe in my business career i think i've always had people around me who uh, i'm inspired by and motivated by but it maybe took me a while to get something a wee bit more formalized so we did scale up scotland in 2018 and after that i've done vestige and both of those have really helped my own personal development and the company's development And part of that has been having a peer group around me that is in maybe a similar position. So I think you get mentorship from lots of different people and taking advice. It's not always like senior to junior. It's peer groups. It's junior people kind of giving you their different perspective. Uh, But yeah, having somebody that's your go-to person is always going to be really helpful. And having somebody that is there to push you and challenge you I think you'll get a lot more value from that but yeah it took me a while to get to but since doing that and having that the other thing I've got out of that is um, the accountability so I think it's it's great having someone to chat to but you need somebody to be like okay when are you going to do that what's the goal what score would you give yourself I've got an accountability buddy so we text every Sunday night <laughs> and uh, what is uh, Vistage
1: just for people who aren't yeah. sure
0: So Vistage and Scale-Up Scotland, I should say, is like a a development programme for businesses that are scaling. I'm now in the second version of that. And Vistage is leadership development. Um, So there's kind of different uh, executive levels and it's all people from different businesses. So for me, it's been great being in a group like we've got lawyers and accountants who run maybe like an 800 person law firm they look at the world so differently and they see a lot more risk and things whereas I'm always just like gung-ho, going for everything. And uh, it's it's just interesting, the the different ways that people approach things. But I've learned so much from the diverse group of people in uh, in the group.
1: Cool. And as a successful entrepreneur in the events industry, what advice would you give to other women who are looking to break into the industry? Because the event industry, at the moment, probably still is... mainly mainly men, if I'm right in saying that? Um,
0: I think you still in any industry have that challenge. Once you get into senior leadership, it often does become heavier um, on the male side. So I think for women, getting in initially, it is trying, it's coming in with, I've done something. So whether that is you're setting up a you know like a mentorship session with somebody who's maybe like a senior leader or you've started a blog or you're doing videos you're creating content you've attended events you've done something and if you're going for interviews go into the interview and say i saw this about your business and i think it would be a brilliant idea if you did x so many people are maybe waiting for something to happen whereas you need to be kind of going after it every day and uh, finding things like showing what is your value to this company uh, rather than maybe waiting for somebody to ask you a bunch of questions and then you give a bunch of answers go in with I've got an idea Uh, so yeah I think breaking in and then I think probably from the differences that I've seen over the years is um, that women won't always not that you're shouting about your success but when you get to the end of the year you know if you put together like here's everything that I've done this year I'm ready for my promotion I'm ready for my pay rise kind of remind everyone is so focused on what they are doing that they're not always going to see absolutely everything that you're doing whereas you're going to see everything that you're doing and the person that builds the case for themselves I think is going to be able to to flourish and kind of show what they're doing so yeah i think it's helpful to do that and just kind of make sure that you're pushing yourself forward be reliable i think that's something that is not the sexiest skill set sometimes but do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it um, and be disciplined about it i think it's all too easy to let stuff drift and it goes on and on but it's it's just that the basics of be really disciplined I think there's a lot of social media content kind of glamorising, not working or doing the bare minimum and it's all kind of funny funny but actually I think over a period of time if you consume that content it just all gets that that's going to influence you so actually just being able to like take that as the you know kind of fun that it's intended but being able to be really disciplined in your own, own approach I think will serve you really well in your career.
1: And if you're not pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, you're not going to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I mean, some people might be happy cruising along like that.
0: Yeah. Fine, but... Yeah, that's really hard to do. And if you are able to push yourself out of your comfort zone, or, or it depends who you're surrounded by as well, but push yourself... Um, because you might have kind of people who are saying oh you can't do that or they're just worried that you're maybe going to fail or you're going to look stupid or whatever it is but actually having the confidence in your own ability to go do something and get out of your comfort zone will be hugely rewarding and you will grow um, but usually our default position is like oh no and fear but actually if you kind of can push past that then yeah you sky's the limit
1: and that comes back to what you were saying earlier about self-limiting beliefs that we've been practicing that a lot in the last couple of months with we've been obviously chatting to an external company on that um and i think well that's a really important one for me it's it's true you off, if you think about your d- day-to-day often there's something which you think oh i can't do that like example i spoke at an event two days okay. ago i went through a range of emotions wasn't sure how i felt about it was frightened kind of regretted deciding i was doing it for one minute which it's awful. I I hate to admit that, but I did go through that, and then I absolutely loved it and yeah. had the best time. So, yeah. you know, you've, enough. To ha- for it. Yeah. <laughs> so. You have
0: to go through that range of emotions, like you say yes, like whatever. Oh, say yes. Yeah. I don't And all these kind of thoughts go through our head, but but keeping with it, and that, I can't remember what the the quote was, but like when motivation goes, commitment takes over. So actually, even by you just taking the step, saying yeah, I'm going to do it you're going to do it you might not feel amazing the whole way to doing it but you're ultimately going to do it so I think just committing to things I think all that like yeah I'll try hopefully maybe and you start to hear it more in other people so just like yes or no doing it or not doing it like I think having that kind of clarity of thought is helpful and then look you've done it and now you're like attracting the big crowds and Got the killer hopefully like they, enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> they did yeah. it's great it got loads of good feedback and then you're yeah, like exactly. oh, kind of surprised yourself it's
1: exactly. great so yeah and that actually reminds me of the short book that you wrote oh yeah which i will share as well with everyone who's interested which one thing that did really stick in my mind was that i'll try hopefully well just this and that it's it's like just get to the point and mm-hmm. and do it and make sure that you're accountable for what you're doing too so that's great okay cool and finally if we're reflecting on the growth of tag digital what advice would you have given to yourself when you started out
0: um yeah don't don't sweat the small stuff i think like trying to get past those um like it all passes you know and there's good and there's bad and it'll happen every day And yeah, sometimes you eat the bear, but some days the bear eats you. (laughs) I
1: love that. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Laura. This has been great and look forward to chatting to you all soon. Thank you.
0: Squadcast, the Tag Digital podcast. Listen to the Squadcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.